The Denver Broncos preparation for the Cleveland Browns has begun with a walkthrough practice on Tuesday. Plus, we cross it over with Lockdown Browns host Jeff Lloyd as we preview this matchup. No Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt, but also no inside linebackers that have started the season for the Broncos will be there outside of Justin Sternot. How does this impact everything? We break it down. We preview Thursday's matchup with Jeff Lloyd on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked On Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow and subscribe on your favorite audio podcasting platform, not to mention subscribe on YouTube for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news content and coverage and discussion here Lockdown Broncos. But Sarah, my friend, hey, it's great to see you. We had uh, some outrage over a Broncos mailbag question this mm-hmm. week, which is crazy. It's not like you or I were saying, hey, the Broncos should bench Teddy Bridgewater. We, we just answered a question. And really the answer that we both came up with was, well, nothing's going to change with this Broncos offense until the offense changes itself. I mean, you know, like I said, I feel like we do a great job coming here and trying to provide both sides of the coin here for the Broncos. So We've been accused of hating the Broncos. We've been accused of attacking the Broncos. I simply don't see it. And look, and, and I've said it here on the podcast, you know, I've both said it. Broncos country has every right to feel how they feel about the team struggle. So uh, we'll decompress that. We'll flush that down the toilet here. The pity potty, it is gone. But look, we got some Broncos news to go over. Obviously, official as the Broncos plays Alexander Johnson on injured reserve. And they elevated Curtis Robinson, undrafted rookie free agent out of Stanford, as I first reported on Tuesday. And now he's going to get a lot of special teams reps, according to Vic Fangio. But as it pertains to linebacker, an interesting storyline we found out Tuesday about the Cleveland Browns. We'll break down a little bit more in depth with uh, Jeff Lloyd later on is no Nick Chubb. No Kareem Hunt in this game, and, and that's huge for the Broncos, but it's also at the same point, the Broncos don't have their two starting inside linebackers. It's going to be huge. It's going to be really, really big for them. They're, they have an opportunity in front of them now. You know, go out and win a starting job from now on type of deal. So it's going to be fascinating to see Justin Cernod wearing that green dot, calling the defensive plays, really in charge of how, of how things are being run out there. And, of course, he's got a ton of veterans to help him out. So that's going to be huge. I'm interested to see how Micah Kaiser does, a very different type of athlete from, from Alexander Johnson and obviously Josie Jewell as well. Both of those guys are really more straight-line, linear type of type of athletes. Josie Jewell really wins a lot with anticipation and instincts and being in the right place at the right time. Now you got Justin Cernod and, and Micah Kaiser, who are really more of the high RAS or relative athletic score type of guys. They're, they're better athletes. Um, and then Curtis Robinson coming up behind as well, as you reported, Cody, coming up to that 53-man roster, a big-time athlete. Hopefully in the near future we'll be able to see Baron Browning, as we alluded to on yesterday's show. But it's going to be a fun matchup for these guys. And, and Nick Chubb, questionable. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, I saw, is on the shelf. Baker Mayfield is is in, in need of potentially surgery. He's going to try to wait till after the season to have that done. So how does that all play into how the Broncos attack him? Are they going to go blitz heavy? Are they going to make him really think think things through really quickly um, and give those linebackers a bit of an advantage because we know, Cody, that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they can both do damage as receivers as well. So this matchup seems to really be playing into Denver's favor, at least a bit on paper. The Broncos getting some guys back healthy this week. 
And it's just going to be, it's going to be one of those things where, man, you lose a game like this and it's going to, it's going to be like, well, the Browns were beaten up and battered and their quarterback even is injured and they didn't have their two running backs. And so all the pressure is on Denver right now to come out and, and really like we've talked about in previous episodes, they really need to come out and dictate things in this game. Well, and my guy, Coach Baum, he's a supporter of the show here on Twitter, had even said, like, hey, this is the perfect opportunity for the Broncos to have what we call a get-right game, which, look, you need those. You know, you can't worry about the circumstances necessarily that are affecting other teams, and certainly no other team is going to look at what the Broncos are going through and saying, hey, well, you know, they're dealing with this or dealing with this. Their goal is to try to come in on Thursday night and, and either beat the Broncos, and the Broncos goes go in there and beat the Cleveland Browns. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. how you look at it from both sides of the coin. But you did mention health on the player side of things for the Broncos. Vic Fangio had mentioned in Tuesday's press conference, Teddy Bridgewater's got a little bit of a foot issue, and, you know, they're continuing to monitor it, and that Teddy's going to tell us exactly how he's feeling. But uh, he's going to be a little concerned if his mobility or lack of mobility is an issue due to the foot injury. So that is a storyline to monitor here for Broncos country this week. Obviously, a short turnaround time, just 48 hours away from from kickoff against the Cleveland Browns Thursday night football primetime action, NFL Network, Fox, and even Amazon at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. That's 6.20 Mountain Time kickoff. Sarah and I are going to have you covered with the postgame report and all that coverage. But Garrett Bowles will start in this game. You look at a variety of the other injuries that Cleveland is dealing with. I know that Jadavian Clowney's on the injury report. So the Broncos offense needs a better performance this week. The defense needs a better performance this week. How can they get there? Those are the storylines here. But some good news on the injury side of things for the Broncos. Vic said there's still a chance Jerry Judy could play on Thursday. You know me, Sarah. I don't want him to play this week. I want him to rest up and wait till the Washington football team game next week. If that is the case for him, if he's going to be fully ready then, don't rush him back now. But good news in the secondary side of things, as a saying, Bassey and Duke Dawson are expected to begin practicing soon. Not this week, according to Vic Fangio, but soon. So that's good for them in terms of having some reinforcements, specifically in the nickel and the dime. Is you know what? The Broncos, the trade deadline's coming up. They might have, they might be buyers, they might be sellers somewhere. Mm-hmm. Something we'll continue to monitor here in the podcast, my friend. But it'll be great to have those guys back the rotation because they can contribute and they showed that last year when they were asked to step into those roles so obviously a lot of storylines riding on to Thursday's matchup against the Cleveland Browns the Broncos at a crossroads right now sitting at three and three they're currently the seventh seed right now in the AFC if the playoffs were to begin today they take on the Buffalo Bills this is a team that still has a lot of growing to do and certainly they're hoping to get there but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment both Sarah and myself we're going to chat with Lockdown Browns host Jeff Lloyd for a crossover episode here a little bit early in the week for a preview of Thursday night's matchup. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's a good friends over there at get upside. And if you're like me and you travel a lot and you have to pay for gas, you have to fill your tank up. Why not get a reward for that by using the free get upside app, which is available in the Google play store or any app store that you use. What get upside app allows you to do. You can make cash back when you fill up your tank today, wherever you go. And you can get up to 25 cents per gallon. Every single time you fill up your tank in cash back alone. And depending on how much you drive, you you can make up to potentially $200 to $300 per month and just cash back alone with the GetUpside app today. So after you download the GetUpside app, make sure you use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you can get an additional $0.25 cent bonus on your first fill up today when you use the GetUpside app. That is $0.50 cents per gallon cash back today on your first purchase when you use promo code touchdown you no longer have to pay full price at the gas pump anymore so take advantage of it they make it easy for you to cash out by connecting your bank account your paypal or even amazon gift cards or other brands they give you access to that as well with the get upside app today so go check it out on your app store use promo code touchdown for 50 cents per gallon cash back today with the get upside app 
It is crossover week here at the Locked On NFL Network. Now we have a Thursday night football matchup between the Denver Broncos traveling on the road to take on the Cleveland Browns at the Dog Pound. So we're going to talk it over with Locked On Broncos, myself, Sarah Bedger, and Locked On Browns host Jeff Lloyd. And Jeff, obviously a lot of history between these two franchises dating decades back. Always great to jump on and talk with you. A short turnaround for both teams this week. Uh, no doubt about it. And look, when you lose, like both teams lost in the fashion they did on Sunday, you'd say, yeah, let's get right back at it. But uh, the Browns are, you know, literally, literally they are the wounded animal in the corner of the room right now. Uh, obviously, you guys have your own issues with the Broncos. We're going to get to all this in here. Um, but look, I mean, everybody knows they got a Thursday night coming, and it's not like, you know, it was sprung out of nowhere. Um, you got to figure it out. This is the reason, you know, and especially now with the way COVID is, you have these deep, deep practice squads. You got to deep into it. And I know everybody's excited for some John Kelly running the ball for the Browns on Thursday night football. <laughs> well, one thing, too, and, and Andrew Mason, our good friend over there at DNVR, I put out this is a week where there's going to be no Chubbs, no Bradley Chubb, no Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the storyline's kind of right itself. So I'm going to open things up right here, Jeff. You know, the first question I have for you, you know, really looking at the Cleveland Browns this season, looking at them offensively. I mean, week one, they take Kansas City to the brink there, have a couple mistakes that kind of impacted that game. But for the most part, they've looked very good. And obviously with the defense that they have there. But what is the story of this Cleveland Browns team so far at this point? point of the NFL season here in 2021. I think look, injuries have played their part, but there's been inconsistencies and it certainly comes down to Baker Mayfield. Um, he, there's times where he's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the game. There's times where if he gets hit once sacked once, all of a sudden you start to see that 2019 form of Baker Mayfield again, where now, you know, either a, he's trying to do too much or B he's seeing things that maybe aren't there. Uh, Odell Beckham jr. You know, had a good day on Sunday, you know, five for 70 and change. Had a PFF grade of over 92. He was open all day. And Baker goes through these issues where sometimes it's all focused on Odell and it just doesn't work. And then you get a week like you had, you know, in Los Angeles against the Chargers where it's, you know what, I get too confused. It doesn't work when I make Odell my first read. And you get a, you know, a fantastic day that he had that day, 23 or 32. It was probably more like 23, 29. Some late throws in the game were really kind of just throwaways. He's just got to find a way to blend it all together. And this is where my biggest worry is, is if Jarvis Landry comes back Thursday night, that's just another piece to fit in. And look, Jarvis has always been his guy of all the guys that are here. You know, I'm sure he gives a good part of his, you know, Baker's game as well, but you know, it's always kind of been Jarvis. And now you got Landry. I, I mean, now you got Odell. And then you have, you know, David Njoku, a player you want to bring into this. Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, you know, there's the old thing of, you know, oh, they'll figure it all out and be able to feed that, you know, every mouth will get fed. It doesn't look like it's working that way right now. And it's crazy to think. And maybe this will be a good thing a little bit where, hey, you're not going to have Kareem. You're not going to have Nick. So basically, you're going to run the ball in situations maybe where you're thinking the defense isn't going to expect it. Why don't you just put it on Baker and say, look, hopefully we can get our tackles back. We can keep you as clean as possible. Go out there and play quarterback the way you kind of did when you were in Oklahoma. Absolutely. And that's what the Browns will need, right? I mean, no, no two running backs, no two headed monster at the running back position. Jeff, I just want to, I just want to give a quick shout out to the one thing that maybe us and, and Browns fans can just both kind of get together and, and appreciate that's Peyton Hillis. Can we just take a moment to appreciate Peyton Hillis? He's a, great, he's a great guy for both of our squad, but I'm interested. You touched on this quite a bit, Jeff. I was actually going to ask you, you know, without Odell Beckham really stepping into that wide receiver one role, you know, mentioning some of the guys that are going to be, because obviously the two headed running back monster Kareem hunt, and obviously Nick Chubb won't be out there for this game. 
what do you expect the offense to look like, especially with Baker Mayfield and his injury? Um, how do you kind of expect that to go, especially on a short week? Look, I mean, to say I'm not a little bit nervous, um, you know, would be an absolute lie. Um, but, you know, we were joking before, uh, you know, Case Keenum and, you know, everybody. Oh, well, you know what he did with the Vikings in 2017? I mean, Cody probably didn't know his wife. Uh, my kids were babies at the time. They're teenagers now. It's 2017. It's five seasons ago. Look, Baker Mayfield is going to be the quarterback of this team until they have to take the ball out of his cold, dying hands. That's the way it's going to work. This is his team. He is the quarterback. However it goes, it's going to go through him. Does he need a rebound? Yeah. Um, is it crazy to think he went down, his shoulder popped out twice on Sunday, and he's about to kick it off on Thursday night? Yeah, absolutely seems totally insane. But this is, for me, this is the type of guy you want. I mean, like you hear guys say all the time, you know, I'm going to play till I can't play. That's basically what Baker Mayfield's telling everybody. Does it need to improve? And looking at it, the way it's kind of been, he should be in line for a good week this week. It wasn't a great week against Minnesota. Played really well against the Chargers. Wasn't a good week last week against Arizona. Maybe it turns out it's a good week this week. But, look, he's got all the weapons. And, look, maybe they're not going to be able to do play action nearly as much because I don't think, you know, Dearness Johnson – I don't think John Kelly is going to scare the living daylights out of anybody on the Denver defense. So they're going to play pass first. So maybe this is going to be one of those where, you know, go more, you know, four, you know, go, you know, two tight ends, split everybody out, let Baker play more at a little bit more up to tempo style, style, like he did at Oklahoma, use the run game as something to lean on where you maybe want to give everybody, you know, a little bit of a rest, you know, chance to catch the breath before amping it right back up. Um, but if you have Odell um, and the word was Jar Jarvis, it was trying to gear him up. They weren't going to designate him to you know, return for last week for the, without the thought process if it was more like Thursday. And then, look, if he can get through Thursday night, then he gets yet another 10 days. It's more about cutting ability with Jarvis Landry. It's never been about speed. He's never been a speed receiver. It's whether or not he, you know, he can basically make these cuts that have made him you know, the solid NFL receiver he is. But if you can go out there and you say you can run sets where it's David Ajoku, Austin Hooper, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, that's a, that's a really, really good five guys to have out there. A lot of teams in the NFL would kill for it. So I think it sets up nicely. Baker's got to play controlled. He's got to play within himself. And he's got to realize you know, the internal clock, which is what the biggest mistake for him was Sunday, which led to the injuries he's got. Look, you you know, it's you great that you have some athletic ability, but you extending the play four seconds, five seconds, you're not Lamar Jackson. There's not the, you know, plan Z option of, okay, now I'll just run for 40 yards down the field because nobody can catch me. Got to play smart. Got to play efficient. Well, we talked about the offensive side of the ball here for the Cleveland Browns. I want to shift focus now to the defense. Obviously, a big blow not having Jeremiah Usu Kormo, who's now placed on injured reserve. And we liked him over here in the draft process. We call him a piss missile with just how fast and ferocious he is flying all over the football field. Obviously, you go back to that whole war of attrition analogy there. That's something that we look at here. Obviously, a big blow to that defense. You know, you got Jadavian Clowney banged up a little bit, but Miles Garrett, you know, he has been impressive. He's looked like a force this season. And he's going to have a, a really big opportunity to impact this game for the Browns. My question for you, too, kind of lies on the secondary side of things. How has Greg Newsome and really the secondary here for the Browns, how have they gelled this season under Joe Wood's scheme? It's it's taken a little while. And the thing was, there wasn't much time over the summer. A lot of guys were injured. Grant Delpit was injured. Um, Greedy Williams was injured over the summer. It took him a while. Then they got into you know the first couple of weeks. Grant Delpit didn't play week, week one. Ronnie Harrison got ejected five plays into the game. Now you're playing your fourth and fifth safeties. And everybody, oh, my God, they're playing prevent defense again. Well, what do you do when you have your fourth and fifth string defensive backs on the field. You're certainly not going to say against the Kansas City Chiefs, all right, we're just man up Tyreek Hill and you try and beat us. It doesn't work that way. Um, but then you got Grant Delpit, weeks two, weeks three, weeks four. You started to see everything that everybody envisioned to this type of player out of LSU. Now we go to weeks five and six, PFF grades and 20s. 
both weeks. Everybody, Grant Delpit only played nine snaps, uh, you know, against the Cardinals. Yeah, and had a grade of 26.2. Um, so if he was out there more, maybe 37 to 14 would have been a lot uglier. Um, but look, he's a good player. Um, I think the interesting thing about this with the secondary, and there's been some really great moments. Minnesota, they were fantastic. Uh, the week before that against the Bears, they were good. Granted, the Bears, you know, at the time had the struggles they do. But now you guys, uh, old friend Malik Jackson spoke today. And Malik Jackson kind of didn't put any names on it, but basically said, you know, it feels to him like maybe some guys aren't as focused as they need to be. Um, and it maybe it shows with this secondary play the last two weeks. I mean, lack of communication and just not knowing what your assignment is or knowing that if he didn't do this assignment and I'm a safety, I better make sure I've got the deep half of the field. I can't say, oh, well, I took my guy here, but I'm sorry that you know we gave up the 75-yard touchdown to Mike Williams. It doesn't work like that. you got to adjust. you got to realize what other guys are doing. Uh, the uh, Christian Kirk touchdown on Sunday against the Cardinals, another example of it. You know, uh, at the time, you know, the corner underneath thought he had help over the top. Certainly didn't. Christian Kirk beat Troy Hill for a touchdown, uh, about 37 yards. It was about a third and 19, which is egregious in itself and just even believing that. They're way too talented. We are talking about a bunch of first-round picks. We are talking about a bunch of second-round picks. We are talking about a player in John Johnson III who's making $11 million, was the highest-signed safety and free agency this year. It's inexcusable, really, at this point. Look, I can understand getting beat, but blown coverages, that's inexcusable. And it really makes you wonder if we're moving, shifting players around to spots maybe that they're not getting the reps in, or maybe like Malik Jackson hinted at today, are people not doing as much homework as they need to be doing? I think that's spot on how you hit it because that's kind of sound like what's happened with the Denver Broncos the last couple of weeks. And obviously in a game that there's a lot of explosive players on the field. And if Baker's playing, obviously he's going to throw the ball downfield there. That's something that the Broncos had to find a way to rectify that. But coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country and dog pound. We're going to flip the script a little bit. Jeff's going to ask both Sarah and myself some questions pertaining to the Denver Broncos. But before we do that, let me tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Browns crossover show. It's a good friends over there mcdonald's and built bar and this episode of this lockdown broncos lockdown browns crossover is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 and mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's a place where friends family and all of us rivals can get together every single day so a big thank you to our friends at mcdonald's for always being there i'm loving it but you know one thing i really like about mcdonald's gentlemen is in the mornings on wednesdays my days off normally i will go there i'll get a sausage egg mcmuffin i'll get a hash brown i'll put it on there and i've had listeners of the show tell me hey that is a great idea so whether you're in the mood for breakfast they have you covered whether you need a mcflurry the ice cream machine is up and running for you or if you just like a burger there mcdonald's has you and they're the go-to so make it your go-to on game days for the browns or for the Denver broncos check it out today Bada ba ba ba, we're loving it. But also, we're loving Built Bar, ladies and gentlemen, the official sponsor of Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Browns here once again. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market. And what if I were there to tell you that there is a protein bar out there that doesn't taste exactly like a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar, I guarantee you would have interest in it. Not to mention they have a variety of amazing flavors, nine amazing flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor at Built.com. And this month, specifically at Built Bar, Built is coming out with a brand new limited time flavor every three to four days. Some of the new ones are blueberry muffin. They have that or also coconut brownie chunk. They have that sent to my, uh, my mailbox, so I got that package in the mail. They're pretty tasty. So check their website often and you don't want to miss out so go to built.com and when you go to check out use promo code lock 15 it's going to get you 15 percent off your next order at built.com once again promo code lock 15 gets you 15 percent off at built 
Com. As we continue here on Crossover Thursday, Locked On Broncos, Locked On Browns, and again, for myself, Cody Sayre, we appreciate everybody for making Locked On Broncos, Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out. As hard as we work, it means the world for us, you know, the return that we get, all the feedback. Uh, so again, you know, obviously major props. And for weird, I'm sorry, Crossover Wednesday, keeping mind with the Thursday Night Football <laughs> game, Cody, Crossover Wednesday used to be a thing, and I know Cody and I used to be one of the guys who really, really pushed to make it a Crossover Thursday thing. Because a lot of these episodes were recorded too early and there was not a lot of info to, info to go off of. Similarly enough today when I spoke with Cody, well, let's make sure we have some Baker Mayfield news first so we don't just go out there and throw out a snoozer of an episode. <laughs> but guys, with the Broncos here, and this is the first thing, and I mentioned to you this, and you know, I kind of gave you a hint on this, and maybe Sarah, you can start here. The, I look at this, and you know, every team in the NFL, if you don't start the season with the intention of, hey, somehow, some way, who knows, seven teams, maybe we could sneak into a wild card. You guys, in three and three, look, a lot of teams are three and three. There's not much wrong with that, but you're looking at the growth of the Chargers. You look at where the Raiders are. You look at the Chiefs, and all of a sudden, you know, kind of where some Browns fans are thinking too, well, maybe it's getting, you know, late a little early here. Um, but I think I look at this roster, and I'm trying to figure out exactly, I mean, where is this team right now? Because I see some things like Von Miller, which is part of the past. You look at Ted, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, this is certainly maybe the present, not the future of this team. Then you look at, obviously, you know, uh, you know the first-round pick at the cornerback position, some of these young receivers as far as where the future of this team is. How do you figure this all out here? Because, I mean, A, you're trying to contend on the fly, but B, you have some guys here who probably most certainly won't be part of the future, but some young guys that you need to start get acclimated to find out if they are part of the future. Definitely. I think so many in Broncos country – want the future to be right now at the quarterback position. And like you said, Teddy Bridgewater is the present. He's proven that to be the case. You know, the first three weeks of the season, man, he beat up on some bad teams pretty good. I mean, he had he was at the top of every list in terms of you're talking about passer rating, you're talking about efficiency, you're talking about this, that, and the other. He was exactly what the coaching staff kind of pitched him as, you know, to the fan base when he was selected over Drew Locke as the starting quarterback. And the rest of the roster, I would say, is, is the, I mean, what John Elway would have termed it as win from now on. You know, that was what John Elway said when he was kind of rebuilding, right? So the Broncos have so many pieces on both sides of the ball to build with. Guys that are part of the core of this, the foundation of this team. Justin Simmons signed a big contract. George Payton, the new general manager, has talked frequently about the fact that he sees guys like Cortland Sutton, uh, Bradley Chubb, and others as co key core players for the future of this franchise. So the, the tension with the fan base right now is you have a quarterback who is the quarterback at present, Teddy Bridgewater, and you have all these players that are players that you're going to be building around going forward. So there's a playoff expectation from, from the fan base every single year, as we talked about before the show. That's just how Broncos fans operate. But then you have a coaching staff, on the other hand, that's really coaching for their jobs. So all these different place, pieces are in place, in my opinion, for the Broncos to be able to do that. You know, Teddy Bridgewater played really well on a playoff team, the New Orleans Saints, a couple years ago. And obviously he didn't play his best ball with Carolina last season. But, man, he's been the starting quarterback for a couple of really good teams in the NFL in just his short time as a starting quarterback. So that's with the Vikings specifically and, and the Saints. So the Broncos going into this kind of expected, if you put Teddy Bridges, he wins the starting job, your expectation is playoffs are bust. Um, with Drew Locke, maybe a little bit more lenience there to say, well, you're still kind of hoping and believing that he might become the guy 
So maybe playoffs aren't necessarily a necessity at that point. But I would say definitely that's the tension right now is that you got the quarterback of the present and so many pieces of your roster for the future. And it's led to a three and three record. I mean, and it does feel like it's past midnight a little bit with Broncos country. <laughs> now, Cody, we had mentioned a little bit here about the, Bron- the Browns uh, defense. And, you know, I had mentioned Malik J- Jackson's comments here. And I think maybe part of that was, hey, uh, we're, I'm getting it done. Malik McDowell's getting it done. Jadavian Clowney's getting it done. Miles Garrett's getting it done. We're getting the ball out, guys. Um, we either get the quarterback or getting the ball out, uh, but it's not happening. This Browns uh, Broncos offensive line, how has it been? How has it constructed this year? Um, is this offensive line ready? And maybe they do get a slight advantage here because, I mean, one way to slow down guys who are really, really fast is tell them they got to line up again in about 84 hours and go do it all over again. Yeah, I think that's a great question, Jeff. The issue, I think, with the Broncos offense right now, and, you know, look, I think that there's members of Broncos country collectively throwing blame at one group. I think when you look at the Broncos offensive struggles, it's on Pat Shermer, it's on Teddy Bridgewater, it's on the offensive line, it's on it's on everybody. It's a collective effort as to what's happened. But, you know, the offensive line this year has kind of little been a little bit of a turnstile at several positions on the interior. Graham Glasgow at the beginning of the season, after week one, had an irregular heartbeat. He had to miss week two, and then he also missed, I believe, week three with a with a knee injury he got rolled up on after that after coming back uh so he's missed some time there so really just continuity at the interior positions and then you had Dalton Reisner who missed one week of action with uh with a foot injury but he returned after a week of sitting on the bench and and trying to rest and recover that injury but for the most part it just seems like the Broncos offensive line they've had breakdowns right they've had evident breakdowns in terms of one-on-ones and sometimes allowing interior penetration and when you're playing teams that love to blitz a lot you have to make sure that your communication is there there's been a lot of miscommunications on the offensive line but also I don't want to just blame the offensive line I think that collective blame is also on the scheme itself when the Broncos right here when they're when they don't have a run game going for them and they're trying to run play action especially with the straight drop back no rollout play action but just a straight drop back on a play action they're faking the handoff you know you're having a quarterback who's trying to process the field but when there's good coverage he's got nowhere to go so he's holding on to the ball a little too long there that's one area where Teddy Bridgewater can improve in my opinion but that's where the collective thing is at now going against the, uh, you know, pass rushers like, uh, you know, Miles Garrett and McDowell, like you mentioned, Malik Jackson, former Denver Broncos, probably going to have a lot riding on this because he hates the Broncos for maybe how they left things in free agency after the Super Bowl with him. Uh, it's going to be a big challenge. And in my opinion, probably one of the bigger challenges they've faced so far this season, I think for Broncos country, I think for the Broncos offensive line. What a great way to see if you can respond from Sunday's action where you gave up three and a half sacks to, uh, you know, going through Max Crosby and you gave up five total sacks altogether to that Raiders defense. That is where I'm really kind of seeing where this offensive line is at right now. Yeah, for me, that was been the first thing here. And, you know, just getting into, I mean, usually first when you fire up is the most recent tape. And, you know, everybody, oh, the Raiders got a really good defensive line. And, you know, I kind of chuckle. I I think Cleveland's, you know, sporting a pretty good defensive line themselves. And I think they kind of match up pretty similarly as far as, you know, on the outside, what, what they can do. And the thing with Clowney is, and I think the one thing I've really enjoyed with him is it's not always about numbers. And, you know, I, I think he'll never live up to where he was drafted, and that's understandable. But a really smart, heady player, you know, will chase plays down backside, things you don't, you know, for some of the reputation it seems that people have put upon him, it doesn't seem like that's the type of effort you get out of him. Uh, Sarah, let's uh, flip it up here and go defensive side of the ball here. Um, where were the Broncos as far as running defense? 
And is this a huge gift for them going into this short week and saying, wow, well, we can take the tape of 24 and 27 and just flush that to maybe the next season or the season after that till we see these two guys again? You know, the run defense has been a strength of the team the all year. Uh, the the Steelers game being the really the one ex- exception to that, I would say. Najee Harris kind of was having his way all throughout the game. The Raiders had a couple of chunk plays on the ground, but for the most part, I would say the Broncos' problem hasn't been against the run. You know, Mike Purcell being healthy, Shelby Harris being out there, Draymond Jones getting penetration. The the issue in this game, even without your starting two running backs in Cleveland, is the fact that now the Broncos are going to be missing both Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson at the inside linebacker positions. Those two guys were tremendous run defenders, guys who always know their gap, always know their assignment, very, very good at blitzing, especially when it comes to blitzing against the run and, and making plays in the backfield. That's been something that, they, that they've been kind of their calling card the past couple of seasons. So it's it's an interesting deal. We don't really quite know what we're going to get, even against a, a banged-up Browns backfield. You just never know when some running back in the NFL, we know as well as anyone in Denver, running back's kind of a dime a dozen. You, get a, you put a guy back there – and, and they might go off for 100, 120 yards in a game. So it's going to be fascinating to see how Justin Cernod and, and Micah Kaiser or whoever the Broncos throw out there at inside linebacker really responds in this game to filling those shoes, calling defensive plays, knowing your gaps. That's been, uh, frankly, to me, an area of weakness for Cernod. He's done really well in some pursuit plays. Hasn't been necessarily bad, but I think it's an area that he can improve. So overall, against the run, Broncos are stout on the defensive line be interesting to see in this game because none of us have seen what it will be like without their two starters at inside linebacker so definitely an interesting matchup as we're basically going to get the uh, jv squad version of the browns running backs versus the broncos linebackers and i think you actually brought up a great point here because i mean look whether it could be john kelly who was just brought up in the practice squad or Ernest johnson who's barely played these guys are truly 105 110 percent where everybody else on this field right now even if they say they feel as good as possible you're maybe saying what 80 80 at best Cody, just a real quick one here for you to wrap before we wrap it up here. Obviously, you, between you and Sarah, you guys brought up a lot of names. Give me a name or two, maybe somebody on the offensive side of the ball, somebody on the defensive side of the ball that most people don't know about on the Broncos who maybe have been doing a pretty decent job thus far this season. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to really pinpoint just one guy, but, you know, I'll, I'll touch on one guy too. And look, Javante Williams would be the easy guy to bring up. I'm going to go a wide receiver, though. You know, I think Cortland Sutton, he's a big name. People have talked about him. Tim Patrick has also been very underrated and very productive for the Broncos so far this season. He's really been the most reliable option so far throughout the year. Keep an eye on him. He's a great security blanket for any quarterback. And look, Teddy's dealing with an injury to his foot he may or may not play in this game we have no idea just yet as he was limited in walkthrough so this is one of those crazy weeks Jeff where you know it could be Drew Locke it could be Teddy we'll have to see but obviously the mobility part his foot's going to be a big factor defensively I got to keep a name uh, a name on that's been fantastic so far this season it's going to be Patrick Sertan the second the Broncos first round draft selection he has met every expectation I think and has exceeded it now there's areas of his game where he can come up and be better especially as a tackler he's missed a couple of tackles but he's been so great in coverage he's gotten in phase he understands the fundamental discipline there and he's been tested i mean they targeted him with darren waller a couple times and darren waller only had a total of 18 yards against patrick sertan 
but he also tested Chase Claypool a couple weeks back against a fellow AFC North division rival Pittsburgh Steelers team and had perfect coverage on it. And so, uh, you know, he's been very impressive. And, and if you're a Browns fan watching, keep an eye on number two on the Broncos defensive side of the ball. Thursday night football, short week turnaround, both teams hungry, trying to come off of a loss. I can't wait to obviously break down the action. And if you're a Browns fan, thank you so much for tuning in and hearing the Broncos side. If you're a Broncos fan, you know, thank you so much for listening to what Jeff Lloyd of the Lockdown Browns podcast has had to say. But that will wrap up today's crossover episode, Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Browns. We have a game on Thursday night football. Looking forward to all the action. You can catch it respectively on our shows. And thank you for making Lockdown Broncos and Lockdown Browns your first listen of the day.